0: I invite you to join me in On Fire with Linda Fields. It's a movement designed to calibrate, validate, and activate men and women like you who love God, putting your God-inspired passions and plans into action to carry out your callings in all seven spheres of influence. That's business and economy, government, education, family, arts, media, and church. On Fire with Linda Phils exists to help you complete your God-given assignments with a community of kingdom connections. Whether it's increasing your current sphere of influence or changing paths to walk into your purpose, if you want to set the world ablaze through Christ's power, join the movement at www.onfire.global. The topic for today to help you is three keys to thrive in life and in work. My name is Linda Fields. I teach and coach men and women just like you to be successful in your life, spiritually and professionally. We bring those two realities together just like you were meant to be one whole person. The spiritual professional is what I call it. It's my calling and my life's work to help you find your why forward, Make the most of everything God has deposited in you, and make a difference in the world where God has placed you. So let's get started. Three keys to thrive in life and work without the overwhelm and burnout. We've all come to the edge of experiencing burnout, or maybe we've totally fallen into the burnout trap. Overwhelm is a daily temptation with the news bombarding us, many competing demands, staring us in the face, whether it's in our email, on our countless texts, or with the people that we're facing in meetings or in our home. Society has gotten very loud and very noisy, and unless you have a plan to manage and thrive in your life, you will at some point succumb to the overwhelm factor or to the burnout factor. And so we don't want that to happen. And today we're going to arm you to live your life in such a way that you literally not only get it done, but you're thriving. You're making it matter tomorrow and actually for all of eternity with the conversations you have, the decisions that you make, and the very way that you live your life. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's a battle for sure, but I can guarantee you that this type of living is possible. Out of my own track record in teaching university business level, running businesses with my husband, leading an, an international ministry for the marketplace here at the International House of Prayer, I can tell you I've had to face the very same temptations and battles that you have. And so it is on good authority and with plenty of, yes, some success and yes, some failures of my own that I'm coming to you to just open up what has worked for me, what I believe can work for you, and how you can literally thrive in your whole life when it comes to living the life God's given you to live and working in such a way that you're successful. So the first key is this. Your purpose, I would like for you to see as a holy pursuit We hear a lot about purpose. In fact, every heart is hungry to understand purpose and to live A fulfilling life. Everyone wants to search it out. So you, I'm sure have taken different attempts to write out your purpose. Maybe you've even posted it on your computer or in your office or on the fridge or all those places. And purpose is a topic that never gets old because you were born for purpose. You were born to live that purpose that God has given you and to treat it as a holy pursuit. And so I want to refresh your desire today and ask that God is doing that with you and in you even now to understand why your purpose is a holy pursuit. It's easy to get that in your mind and believe it when you're at a conference or when you're surrounded with people that are for you. But if we're honest, it's when we get into the battles of day-to-day life that we start wondering if we made the whole thing up purpose will be contested. How many of you have been through times of severe testing or having to contend for your purpose? You know you have one, it's in you, you've prayed about it, you've written about it in your journals, but there are days when you feel like the battle may not be worth it and you're not sure that you can sustain. I just want to encourage you today to understand that your purpose is actually often a blessing in disguise. Why is it in disguise? Because it is so hard to maintain purpose. We read scriptures about learning to rest and about depending on the Lord. We want to do all those things, and sometimes we do it better than others. But it's true that every destiny is severely tested and contested. And it's when we jump in to defend the destiny, stay the course, much like Joseph did, that we get in touch with our destiny at a much deeper level. And frankly, that's what will be required if you're going to sustain your destiny. Joseph experienced much betrayal. He had dreams. Yes, he shared them with his brothers. You would think that'd be a safe place, but that backfired on him and they became very jealous and they sold him into slavery before it was over. They Even faked his death and took his coat that his father had made for him of many colors and doused it in blood and told the father, Oh, he's been killed by a wild animal. And so he was as good as dead as far as his family or father knew. Well, Joseph found himself going through several experiences that would put him in a prison cell, in a pit, in places of betrayal where he could have given up easily at any moment. But he didn't. He remembered, I believe, how much his father loved him. I believe that that coat of many colors, even though it wasn't with him in the prison cell, that the memory of it, that the vibrant colors, that maybe the texture of the material, something that carried him through these dark times of testing. You too will need to have hold of your destiny in such a way that when you begin to wonder if the whole thing is a failed attempt, that you'll be able to get hold of your destiny, hold it close to your heart and dig in to stay the course. Life is often that in that way, feeling like a blessing in disguise, but you have to look for the blessing. It's cloaked in terms of betrayal, and hardship. Many of you, as women in the marketplace, have experienced being overlooked for promotion. You may have experienced harassment. You may have experienced prejudice of different types. And so being a woman in the marketplace is something that will test you even further in fulfilling your destiny. And today, what I want to assure you is that when you embrace your destiny and learn to carry it, embracing your call, cultivating your gifts and talents that God's given you, that you will be one of those who make your talents stand for something just like you dreamed and in fact, way beyond your dreams. And it will take you and your influence way beyond yourself. In fact, you'll find yourself with the opportunity to impact the world. I want to read a scripture to you from Luke 19.13. Before he left, he called together 10 of his servants and he divided among them 10 pounds of silver. And I'm going to read you what he said in several different translations. You see which one resonates with you the best. Invest this for me while I'm gone. Or maybe you like this one. Put this money to work until I come back. What about this version? Conduct business. Do business until I return. This one, occupy till I come. Now to occupy takes some stamina, takes some hutspah, right? It takes some savvy occupy means stay the course. For many of you listening today, you're thinking, I do have a dream. I have gone to school. I've put in my time. I've skinned my knee a few times, but I haven't given up. And you may be wondering, what is the next step for me? And the very word for you today may simply be occupy, stay, stand, be in the place where God has put you. Don't give up, don't abandon the call. In fact, just remember that that the Lord has entrusted you with these gifts and assignments and he says, "Do business until I come back." You see, your success is not dependent on who does or doesn't see you. At times you might feel like that is irrelevant topic. And I understand there's some situations where we can talk about those things, but I'm talking to you today about success and vision on a much deeper and personal level. You see, when God's deposited an assignment in your heart and he has said, woman, I want you to accomplish this. I want you to teach a course. I want you to write a book. I want you to Rise up in your company. I want you to start a company. I want you to mentor young women. You fill in the blanks. The vision is as unique and varied as there are women watching this broadcast right now are on the archives in years to come. And so because your vision is unique, you'll have a unique set of circumstances to learn to stand in your vision. And when we say your success doesn't depend on who sees you, I, I want to unpack that so you can embrace this topic and embrace this reality. You see, when God has already ordained you in the workplace, God has already set you, God has already gifted you, and God has placed you, then often Where people get off track is that they're waiting for some other human being to bless them or see them or tap them on the shoulder and give them permission. And I want to tell you, when you're walking in the calling the Lord's given you, you have permission. And you may say, well, what if I don't have the title? What if I don't have the office? That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about the kind of permission that allows you to come to the table, like I did most of my career, at a table filled with men and conduct business, do business, occupy, bring skill, bring contributions, bring progress, in such a way that the people at the table will begin to understand you have something to say you have brought something to the table that is worth considering. Many women try to push their way into these discussions, and that's not a good idea whether you're a man or a woman. What's a good idea is to own your destiny and gifting, and the same alike for male and female, show up at the table ready to help, ready to contribute, and ready to help make something happen. You know, an incredible thing happens when you're at a table where there's a problem being presented and you begin to understand that God's put a solution in you. And you begin to bring it up. You're willing, you're ready, you're remembering, hey, I've already got permission. I don't have to be the person with the highest ranking title at this table, but instead I'm gonna offer what I have. And when you do, and when you pose a question and say, what if we tried this? Or I wonder what would happen if we didn't do that? A discussion opens where a team is ready to step into a solution and you find yourself standing doing business till the Lord comes. We'll be doing this all the days of our lives. And you want to do it this week and this month and this year with uh, your standing in your position. And when I say position, I don't mean the name on the door. I mean, your position is a daughter of the King with giftings and talents and work that the Lord has invited you to bring forth You know, when we talk about doing business till the Lord comes back and standing, we come into a place that's very free. Now, I'm not telling you there aren't problems. Jesus told us that himself. He said, you're going to have some trouble in the world. He's a good leader. So we're not talking about a life that is free from any challenge or, or difficulty. We're talking about how we navigate through those situations. And when we understand that we've been fully deployed by God and that we're ready to offer and we're ready to contribute, a lot of these other concerns that many women carry will literally just take care of themselves. Because all of a sudden you're already flowing in your what I like to call your power alley and you're not demanding a certain position or title or recognition. And frankly, that's wasted breath because you've already been anointed and you've already been appointed by the king. So what is your holy purpose? Let me just talk to you right uh, in the heart at this moment. This might be so simple and so profound that you let it just go right over the top of your head. So I'm going to ask you to lean in for a moment, just like I am with you here, and uh, repeat these things as you hear me say them. My purpose is to be present right where I am. Now, when I say present, I mean fully present present. Fully present means to be engaged in the conversation, not off in another world, not thinking about your next point while someone's speaking. We're talking full-on eye contact. We're talking positive body language. We're talking sitting on the edge of our seat, engaging in a situation, and ready to bring our very best to the table. So this is what it is to be, fully present, right where you are. Uh, This next statement is... uh, Taking the ante up. Are you ready? I will invest what God has put in me in my conversations and meetings this day. Let's say that again. I will invest what God has put within me in my conversations and meetings this day. Now, let me tell you what that does. It takes you to a whole wider circle. It means you're engaging with the coffee barista. When you order that latte this morning, it means you're engaging with the Uber driver. It means you're engaging with the person at the airport that's carrying your luggage. It means that you are engaging and blessing and seeing people for who they are, wherever God has you. It means you walk into the meeting and you see every single person in the meeting. You acknowledge them and you'll discern as you start doing this more and more, you'll discern the one who has not been seen, who has not been encouraged. You'll discern the one who does all the work behind the scenes that nobody recognizes. And you, especially as a woman with our intuitive abilities, will be able to call those things out of people in very natural conversations in a way that is extremely life-giving. So uh, last statement is that you want to serve to the glory of Jesus and to the good of those all around you. So let's say that one. I will serve to the glory of Jesus and to the good of all those around you. When you begin operating in this way, your sights go much further than yourself and your own interests. This is very empowering because, see, you're not there just to build your resume and your reputation. You you will work on it, and you should. I mean, Daniel created a reputation of excellence. And it was a powerful thing that was noted by the king in days to come. So you will work on that. But in this context, I'm talking about things that you will do that will serve the people around you, whether you ever see them again or not. And this is how the Lord gets glory, through the way you're carrying your purpose. So that is key one. And it's packed. We're going a little fast today. We have more things we can tell you about this at another time and resources we'll make available. But just track with me that your purpose is a holy pursuit. All right, let's go to key number two. Prayer leads you to purpose. Purpose is within you. Purpose is given to you. But purpose must be stewarded, nurtured, blessed, brought forth. And prayer is the most important way that you can develop your purpose. You see, prayer actually sets your course. It changes how you see situations. It changes how you see the people that you're working with, even those that may give you the most trouble and may be the most difficult. And frankly, you may dread seeing them day to day. Prayer also protects your heart. It is that encompassing blessing of the Lord that comes in and just helps you unload bitterness when it starts to creep up, when you feel that you've taken, been taken advantage of perhaps. Prayer is what helps you position yourself on higher ground. There's another way I like to see it. Why? Because your whole perspective will change when you begin to live your whole life from a place of prayer. Now, when I talk about prayer, I'm not talking about just a little devotion in the morning or, or just a help me prayer when you get in a bind, although we all do those things. I'm talking more about a lifestyle of prayer that will lead you further into your purpose and give you a whole different level of living that's available to you. Now, some of you are prayer warriors already. Some of you have your prayer board up. Some of you have prayer journals you keep. I'm not doubting that I'm speaking to women of prayer, but I will tell you this, whatever level of prayer you have in your life right now is good, but there's so much more when you learn to live from a place and a lifestyle of prayer. So this prayer brings us into God's presence. The Lord loves to inhabit the praises of his people. He begins to un fold favor over your decisions, favor over your conversations, put you in places where people see you. You didn't even know were looking, but it's what we do privately that determines what we're going to do publicly. And so if we're not people of prayer on our own, when nobody's looking, I promise you it's going to be too late to flex that muscle when you're in a big crisis and learn to be that woman of prayer. So prayer is where it all goes back to. Now I'm going to tell you why I am so passionate about that. I know you know it's a good idea already, but I'm going to share with you a story. And this story is about me. Our stories are powerful. And when we share our story, that is the highest compliment we can give another person. It's how we open up our heart and our lives and say, I trust you. I appreciate you. I'm going to invite you into my story because I know that there's something in here that will help you in your story as well. And it's in that spirit that I share my story with you today. I was raised as the daughter of a Baptist preacher I loved being a PK. I didn't know it was supposed to be so awful, so I thoroughly loved it. Lots of attention from the sweet old ladies in the church, the prayer warriors in the church. And my dad uh, was a very humble man, probably the most humble man I've ever encountered on the earth. He was my mentor, a wonderful dad. Not perfect, but the closest thing I've seen to a man who walked on this earth in total humility So we served in little churches all around South Texas, all my growing up years. I had a little brother four years younger than myself. And at one point, my dad had moved us from one house to another. So my dad, my mom, my little brother, Dan, and myself moved into a house out in the country. And at this time, uh, back in the late 60s, the gas butane had no scent in it. This was added later. And so tragically, in our family, after this hurried move, when my dad came in to light a hot water heater and struck a match and knelt down to light the pilot, the room that we were all in went up in a whoosh of flames and exploded because there was a butane leak that had been occurring all through the night, and we had no way of knowing. Our lives changed in that second quite dramatically. I almost died. My brother was very burned, with second-degree burns on his hands and ankles. My dad's hands and ankles were burned as well. My mom was in another part of the house but was emotionally traumatized by the whole thing. And I was severely burned because I had been wearing nylon stockings. Butane is a gas, remains low. So the fire, the explosion, and the butane and the nylon hose were a catastrophic perfect storm. Everywhere I looked, there were flames reaching for me. And somehow my dad got us out of that burning room into the car and to the hospital. It was a miracle. And I continue to find things out now that I'd not heard before. Uh, actually, last week in a conversation with a woman who was then my Sunday school teacher, as I was a teenager in the church, had a uh, Told me that in that season, my dad and brother were severely burned with their hands because they had been trying to put the fire out that was on me. And I had not known that fact till just recently. But the experience that unfolded from this time. Changed everything about what I know about prayer that I want to share with you today. I was a, a girl of prayer, had been saved at seven. I knew Jesus was my savior. And in the hospital, fighting for my life, bandaged from mid-thigh down to my feet, arms bandaged, face crusted over, blistered. And uh, this Sunday school teacher, Evelyn Cochran, I talk about putting ice on my lips and staying right by my bedside. I found myself startled awake because I was, to my knowledge, floating up off the bed. I didn't know that my life hung in the balance, but this is the time when prayer chains were going around around the clock in our church. So prayer saved my life, number one prayer got people together that sent me to a burn institute in galveston texas within a couple of days after having to tell my dad and brother goodbyes they were brought into my room on stretchers and a stretcher in a wheelchair and my mom had been taken to a place where she could just emotionally process so it's a time where it looks like my life was tragically altered As I was in a strange place praying to the Lord for help, my first questions were, Lord, did you see this? Were you there? Did I do something wrong? These are questions we always ask in a time of tragedy. And the Lord was kind to me. And although I had no Bible with me and nobody in the hospital but myself that I knew, nobody I could talk to, God began to bring back to me the story of the potter and the clay and how when the clay was being shaped and molded on the wheel and in the heat, that it would be ridiculous for the clay to sit up and ask the potter, what are you doing with me? What are you doing with my vessel? And that came to me so strongly that I began to understand on some level, even though dealing with very painful bandage dressings, traumatic environment full of crying children in a children's burn institute, I began to know that had had God not been with me, I would have not been on the planet. I began to understand the severity of my wounds and I soon began to comprehend that I was scheduled for skin grafts. And that's where skin is taken from another part of your body or a donor to be uh, placed on you in surgery where your skin is no longer. Third degree burns means all three layers of skin are gone. This reality... um, came home to me very vividly because I'd watched my roommate come and go from countless skin graft surgeries, so I knew exactly what I was in for. But as I prayed, and as God began to comfort me with this passage about the potter and the clay, and I fully realized God had not left me, He had not abandoned me, no matter how painful my wounds were, no matter how scarred I was becoming, no matter how lonely I was in this hospital... And as God comforted me, I found myself praying something like this. I said, Lord, I know that you are the one who made the blind to see. I know you are the one who made the lame to walk. And I ask that you would make me the one whose burns heal from third degree burns without skin grafts. I had courage for it. I had faith for it. I prayed it all the time. There wasn't a big prayer meeting. I didn't see any angels or hear any thunder. But over the weeks, as the doctors would come in and assess my situation, they began to tell me when my skin grafts were scheduled. And on one of these such visits, the doctors looked at my legs, which were, had been open wounds from mid-thigh down to the tops of my feet uh, and still were. They said, we are going to watch this. little longer because it looks like patches of skin are beginning to pull together they were puzzled by it they're making notes on the charts and I sat up in the bed (laughs) looked them in the eye and I said well the great physician is on my case So now I laugh about it, but God was on my case in every way. He did heal my legs over time without one skin graft. And I have the miracle testimony to share with you today about the power of prayer. No matter how your life may be looking right now, There is power in prayer that will lead you to a next step that will make sense of things that may feel so painful right now. You think that you'll never be able to get over them. And the prayer is the connection with your Lord where God can download healing physically, emotionally, spiritually and lead you on the path that prospers because of prayer.